Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our program live on this uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving. Live, as in, please, won't you pick up that phone and punch in the numbers and give me a call live right now. I'd love to talk to you about gardening. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I talk about urban horticulture, your landscape, your garden, your house plants, and I'd love to talk right now. 888-256-1080. Surely everybody in Texas can't be involved in the Ohio State-Michigan game. I know you're not. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> I'm a Buckeye. I'd love to be watching. Can't watch. Got to do a broadcast, and I, you have my undivided attention. So please call right now, won't you? And uh, I know we have a lot of people who'd like to talk about their landscape and garden. I know it's been raining, especially in South Texas. I watched the Weather Channel for a little while earlier today, and I see how much it's rained in, in Houston, for example, yesterday and across South Texas, San Antonio. And good for you. And uh, hopefully North uh, Central Texas will get a little bit. That's where I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We haven't had much yet. But, uh, and hopefully West Texas is, that's where it's originating. We'll get some as it sends it east. So that's what we're talking about. Folks are indoors. I noticed when I came to the broadcast studio, not a whole lot of traffic out there. People are hopefully doing their cyber shot. No, they're small business shopping today. And those of us who have small businesses are really hoping you'll support us and uh, your local businesses. They're really counting on you. And uh, so, anyway, that's uh, that's what we're all about. Uh, Jared Taylor is at the uh, at the at the control uh, panel. The control panel is roughly the size of your kitchen, and uh, he knows what all those buttons are about. He uses a few of them for a talk show like this. Uh, I would uh, have us off the air so fast if I tried to do that part of it. They give me a uh, let's see. I, I know how to turn the console on and off. Sometimes, sometimes I fail at that, and I have a cough button, and, and that's what I get, and that's what I deserve. 888-256-1080. John in Corpus Christi has called, and he will be our first call up in just a moment. So we know that we're broadcasting. We go from Corpus Christi to, uh, to Amarillo and from Alpine to Crockett. Those are our parameters. That's a big state, folks, and I love doing this program. I've done this for more than 30 years on this in this format. And uh, I have to admit, the first time I did it, I was kind of nervous because thinking about what's going on in South Texas uh, is very different from what's going on in the panhandle, and, and it keeps you on your toes. But I've really enjoyed all of those years. I've been doing a statewide program recorded for 44 years and uh, local Dallas-Fort Worth uh, area broadcasting for 44 years. And uh, this might turn into a profession. Uh, my my background is two degrees in horticulture and in, in uh, floriculture. I was going to be the the world's best grower, and I ended up working for the extension service and enjoying the media side of it uh, a lot. And so I just ended up in that, and uh, it's it's been good. So with that said, happy Thanksgiving, happy a uh, couple days after Thanksgiving, and happy holiday season to you. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty. I'm Neil Sperry. This is the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, and we will get the program underway right now. I'll give you a first break, and then we'll go to John and Corpus Christi, and hopefully to you as well. We have four lines. We have only one occupied right now. Call now, 888-256-1080. 
Niels Ferry's Lone Star Gardening is my book, and I have the Christmas special in store for you, but it's going to have to end unusually early this year because the post office tells us they have to have the orders in really early in order to guarantee Christmas delivery. So I would not put this off. 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs. It's a hardback printed on high-quality paper, and I sign every copy as it sells, which tells you you're not going to find it in stores, and you're not going to find it uh, on Amazon. I wouldn't be able to sign them if that were the case. Eleven chapters. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas, what you need to know to get started. Chapter two is uh, a calendar. I've never put this in any book that I've done before. It's 48 pages, four pages per month of what needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and sprayed in your landscape and garden in that month. Chapters three through 11 are extremely detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. I've worked a year getting this book ready for you, 840 of my best photographs. I edited each one to make sure that it illustrated exactly what I was trying to say. Now, the book is only $36.95 plus tax and postage, and that is a bargain for you. But the bargain gets even better, because if you buy a second and or a third book for a... uh, for, to give us gifts for the holiday season, they're only thirty-one ninety-five each for the second and third books. They need to be shipped to the same mailing address. I sign each copy, and I guarantee your satisfaction, or I'll give you a full refund. Seventy-two thousand books sold so far, and no request for refund to date out of any of those seventy-two thousand. I chuckle because I'm amazed myself. Thank you for that. Thank you for the confidence. Word of mouth has become my best source of new sales. I'd like to get one to you. I'd like to get uh, a second and third to you to give as gifts. Here's how you can order because it, as I said, is not in stores, not on Amazon. You order it from my office. My office will open again Monday morning and that phone number, if you'd like to call to order, there's a better way, but but uh, you can call to order Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. That number is 800 752 Grow, G-R-O-W. That's 800-752-4769. The better way, which you can do right now, is to order it at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America, but I'd like to tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. Mueller Metal Roofing, Mueller Steel Buildings, made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building, maybe even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller, a Texas-born company, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA. And with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location right near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. 
Mueller Metal Roofing and Steel Buildings, 90 years of making customers' dreams come true. When a business has been around for 90 years, they're doing things right. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. That's Mueller. They're made in America, and they're made to last. Mueller, Inc. Com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Kelly Robinson there, longtime friend and uh, longtime uh, uh, employee of uh, the Texas State Network and just a great guy. Uh, we get our program underway. Thank you for your calls. I will try to move through the calls as quickly as possible because I know you're quite busy, and uh, so work with me if you can and uh, be uh, fairly uh, concise on on asking the questions i'll bet you will be let me go first to john in corpus christi john good morning thanks for calling how can i help you neil how are you i'm well thank you sir what's going on okay so i lost my three queens in the big trees around the pool and never should have went to palm trees i just don't like them i live on the island side not on the island but close to the island which means my soil is sandy as opposed to typical corporate soil, which is Victoria clay. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to get some height uh, for some privacy, and I want a color other than green. And I just always love Texas red buds. And I know there's an Oklahoma one and a Texas one. I don't know the difference. But I've had one guy tell me they won't work down here. The salt in the air will burn the, the leaves. And I've had another guy tell me, yeah, they will. I think you can, uh, I, I would look for a Texas Master Certified Nursery Professional somewhere uh, up and down your part of uh, Corpus Christi and ask that person, somebody who's been in the nursery business for a period of time within uh, five miles of your house, and that person will know very well uh, uh, what the situation is. I would be concerned. Now, redbuds do quite well in alkaline soil, which would tend to have the same sort of problems that you're talking about or, or opportunities to burn we'll put it that way uh, red buds are pretty adaptable plants but when you get into saline conditions with salt water and salt spray that uh, opens up an entirely new uh, can of worms oklahoma red bud is a selection of uh, cercis canadensis it's a beautiful red bud it is noted for having burgundy flowers deep deep burgundy and very glossy leaves and I don't know if those glossy leaves would be any less susceptible to the edge burn or not. I don't know. I like Oklahoma very much in much of Texas. I don't know how it would be right on right on the Gulf, like you're talking about, or, you know, within a few miles of the Gulf. Um, I, I will warn you of one thing, and I always tell people this uh, with, with spring flowering trees and with fall color. You need to remember that these are going to be colorful for a couple of weeks, in the case of fall color for a week, and you look at them the other 51 or 50 weeks out of the year and and make sure that you're going to like it the other part of the year uh, because uh, that's what you'll get most of the time, and so don't plant something that won't please you those those many, many weeks. Um, and, And so it might be that something else could suffice maybe a magnolia would be very pretty for an evergreen and give you white flowers granted it wouldn't be the 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 red bud color but maybe you plant one red bud somewhere mixed in 
I don't know how much depth you have in your yard, but maybe maybe you could use a red bud in front of a, a, a planting of a magnolia or two or three. There are some dwarf magnolias, and there are some dwarf weeping red buds that are very, very pretty, and they wouldn't take up as much room. Just trying to think through some other opportunities for you that would yeah. keep you from being disappointed in your red bud planting in the long run. Well, you don't. You rarely see red buds down here. You well, that, that, there's magnolias. a message in that, John. There's a message in that. <laughs> You see some magnolias, but not that often. Well, go with go with what you see that looks good to you, and if you don't like the palms, then then keep on looking, and and there will be other things. I I have found through my years of landscaping that if in doubt, wait a little longer. And that that I, I was looking at my landscape this morning. I have some hollies that I have put up with as long as I care to. I love my hollies, and I will replace them with hollies. But they've been there 44 years, and they're tired, and it's time to, to replace them with some new, fresh, vigorous plants. And you get to that point, you wait another season, and you say, all right, I waited one season too long. And and so that's that's what you can do. Just keep, keep your eyes open up and down the, the coast, and you'll see something that will really catch your eye. And then ask questions about it and look at the other neighborhoods to see if it's done well for those people. There are lots of great trees, and I've never lived right on the coast, so I don't have the expertise to give you the advice you want. Um, uh, I I just, I I worry about the redbud, I will will confess. Redbuds burn anyway uh, if they get a little bit too dry. We, We tend to look past that because it's not the most it's not the ultimate most handsome tree in the world from august on and it doesn't have fall color um we put up with with two or three months of not looking great because we know how beautiful they are in the spring i love them and i we live on 11 acres with a pecan forest and they they grow well under other trees and and so i plant them my wife loves them she never goes out in the yard she sees them from the house and she loves the things, and so I'm I'm a prudent husband. <laughs> so I, I plant I plant red buds for her to enjoy, and and I like them too. But but I don't look at them close up because they're across the creek or they're under the trees out in the in the yard. But but do a little more research before you plant red buds. I think. Okay, very well, Neil. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You betcha. Look for a Texas Master Certified Nursery Professional. That's going to be the best uh, trained person anywhere on the coast for you and that's that's going to be your best help thanks for the call let me go to joanne and crockett now as we go halfway across well two-thirds away across the state and joanne is not there is that right jared is that what that uh, harsh sound means to us line four no joanne no joanne all right um Joanne was looking for plants that deer won't eat, so apparently deer have invaded Crockett as well. Usually those calls come from the hill country, and I'll just tell you right now, Joanne, no no need to call back because I'm going to refer you, as I always do on that topic, to the Master Gardener's lists, and and also um, um, there is a wonderful list. There is a wonderful list that's out of Bear County, B-E-X-A-R, for anybody new to Texas, uh, San Antonio, and uh, it's a list of deer-resistant plants, and I don't I don't remember Forrest's last name, 
but I believe he is the one who has authored that, and it is an extremely detailed list. But the Master Gardeners in Williamson County and Travis Counties have also put lists up of very detailed uh, lists of, of deer-resistant plants. But I believe the last time I looked, I think Forrest, uh, and I, I have an idea of what his name is. Next time I have a longer break, I will, I will do the research and get that. Uh, I think I can do that in a two-minute break. Uh, let me take a break right now, and we'll come back and go to Stephen in Amarillo. Folks, when you call, just wait on me, if you will. It takes Jared a while to get everything screened and get you up on the on the call screen page. And then when you're not there, when we go to you, uh, it, it's, uh, uh, it's a shame because it doesn't, doesn't make you wait very long. 888-256-1080. A lot of times people lose their cell signal, and so I have to understand that as well. I've had that problem myself. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Stephen, you'll be coming up in just a moment. Neil Spray's eGarden is my free electronic newsletter that comes from my computer directly to your email box. And that happens every Thursday night, just a little after 6 p.m. This past week, we sent it Thursday. Oh, it was Thanksgiving. I didn't want to send it out on Thanksgiving evening. Nobody would have looked at it. So we sent it a couple days early. But it always comes on Thursday evening. And there are always five stories. One story will always be a featured plant of the week. One of the stories will always be gardening this weekend, where I point out the things that are most critical for you to get done in the ensuing three-day weekend. Uh, One of the stories will always be a featured question of the week, something that has come up time after time. Uh, maybe uh, something about freeze damage. Those those questions just keep coming up. And then a couple of other stories, maybe something I'm doing in my own landscape, whatever. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens. If you want to see what it looks like, you can see the latest issue if you go to the place where you do sign up, and that's on my website. That's the only place you can sign up. You do have to subscribe. We can't do that for you. It is free and always will be, and I won't say anything ask you to buy anything you'll never get any kind of an offer to because you're a subscriber to eGardens I wanted you to know about this or that it doesn't happen it's just my newsletter Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com just to my website my book if you're so inclined that's n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y dot com and click on that eGardens tab I'll be back with more after these messages All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much, and uh, welcome back to our second uh, segment. And uh, indeed, let me get this uh, pulled back up again. The uh, sheet that I wanted to uh, mention on deer-resistant plants is from Bear County, and I don't see any kind of a sheet number. Um, it is by uh, Forrest Appleton. I wanted to check his last name. Uh, it's uh, in Plant Answers, which is my friend uh, uh, Jerry Parsons' uh, website. Um, it, it, and Forest is spelled with two R's. Uh, deer-resistant landscape plants with a hyphen in deer-resistant. Deer-resistant landscape plants for Bear County, but that would apply anywhere. And uh, Forrest Appleton is the author, and it is a really nice list of plants, and you can... You can sort through that, the ones that would do well in Crockett, to uh, Joanne, who called and then wasn't there when we went to her. Uh, there are annuals and perennials and wildflowers and shrubs and trees and all kinds of things. So that's uh, a really good start. And then uh, 
if you are interested in other lists, uh, Williamson County uh, and uh, Travis County both have a good list as well from the Master Gardener's list. All right, phone number if you'd like to call. We have a, a couple of open lines. It is 888-256-1080 as we are live on this Saturday after Thanksgiving. We go to Stephen in Amarillo. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How may I help you? All right. My wife and I, we're pretty dedicated homesteaders, so, but we've decided to uh, dip into fruit trees. And so nine months ago, last spring, we purchased a Blenheim apricot tree and a uh, Bonanza peach tree, which is, of course, a, a dwarf of the most dwarf variety, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And the Bonanza is currently in a container, and it will probably, maybe, stay a container plant for many years, if not forever. The Blenheim apricot tree is currently container grown, uh, but will likely be planted in soils at some point. So when do we transplant? Oh, and I don't know that it matters, but the uh, the Blenheim apricot tree was a bare root, just a stick when we got it dormant. And the other one, the peach tree, was in a two-gallon pot when we bought it. Um, when do we transplant safely? Um, I would probably... I would let me deal with the dwarf peach first. Um, if you're going to leave it in a container permanently, uh, you're going to use the almost like you would a house plant. You're going to use the size of the top of the plant as your indicator of when it needs to be repotted. Uh, when the when the top growth is uh, twice the width or the height, two to three times the height or width of the pot, it's time to to put it in the next larger pot size. So, in a two-gallon pot, I gotta hold my hands apart here. Two-gallon pot is that size. When that, when that plant is, this is really. I'm glad this is not television. Uh, when the when the top growth is, we'll say 16 to 18 inches across, it's probably time. And I'm talking about a good full canopy, not just the, not just a leaf sticking out that far. It's probably time to repot it. I would think uh, after uh, a year or two of owning it. You might even consider doing it now, Stephen, because going into a, I know what your winters can be, and a plant in a in a pot loses about 20 degrees of winter hardiness. It's at some risk sitting above ground in a pot, and so I, if you For put it, it in the next, if you put it into a, a three or or a, a so gallon pot, it would give it a little more insulation, and you still would probably want to set it in the garage overnight if you get down to single digits and certainly below zero as you can do um and then i want to talk about the uh, the apricot uh separately uh any question on the on the peach you started to say something uh yeah for what it's worth the the apricot was immediately transplanted i mean the uh the peach was immediately transplanted when we brought it home so it came out of the two gallon last spring and it's currently in probably a seven or or nine-ish oh gallon my. large. It can, it can stay in uh, that probably for several years then, but do do, do bring okay. it in if it's going to get really cold. Um, okay. If, if it goes below zero, it certainly needs to come inside. In, and not okay. in the house, into an unheated uh, place out of the wind. Now we've got, a, we've got both of them sitting in our greenhouse right now. Is that acceptable? Uh, not if it's heated. You don't want to, you, you, you want them to go dormant and you want them to, you really want them to be dormant. 
and it is not heated, but it, of course, it's solar natural heated. Yeah, I'd, I'd be worried that that would get too warm in the daytimes. Okay, all right. Yeah, the apricot now needs to, um, what did you do with the apricot? Did you trim it back considerably when you planted it? Uh, there really wasn't much to trim whenever we got the apricot. We we jokingly referred to it as our stick. Um, we got a, a long box with a stick with no branches on it, and How tall we planted was it? it, and it was a good. Uh, it was probably two to three feet when we got it. Probably closer to three feet, and uh, it's remained about that height, but it developed branches in its first year. All right. Um, ideally you might have cut it back a little bit, but it, it's probably okay. Um, and you put it into what size container? Maybe you told me and I didn't It's it. probably in a three gallon. All right. It will need to go into a five gallon pot before next growing season. And okay. I think it could probably, uh, stay in what it's in until spring, early spring before it starts growing. I, I could so, tell if I saw it, it, did it grow very much this year? No, it didn't. It really just kind of came to life. That's you know, it, just put it out, would have uh, been better had you pruned it back by six or eight inches. It would have been better because it lost so many roots when it was bare rooted. When you get a bare rooted plant, you always want to prune it uh, by uh, oh, uh, thirty to fifty percent. Um, and and it, we are where we are, and I don't think I would do that now. But uh, you'll probably want to repot it in uh, in early March, late February. And the reason on apricots that you don't want to stick them in a greenhouse is it, it they are temperature sensitive and they can get enough uh, chilling pretty quickly and and it will try to bloom too soon. And whatever you do, don't let don't let it have any fruit this next year. It needs to be establishing itself for another year or two before it bears any fruit or tries to bear any fruit. You're also going to need okay. to have some some other apricots around somewhere to pollinate it, and that's going to be the next question. It may be a long ways from that tree to <laughs> in in. Uh, Will it cross pollinate with any of the peach trees in its area? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. That's a good okay. question, and you would think a good horticulturist would know, and he probably would, which gives you the answer to the other question: How good is Neil <laughs> on this topic? <laughs> not the best. <laughs> That's not my not my specialty, but I don't think they they freely cross pollinate. But I would have to have to do the research on that. All right. Well, looks like I got another apricot in my near future, which is fine by me. Yeah, they're good. They're good. They are not very well suited to most of Texas because we don't get cold and stay cold like you do. I think you'll have better luck probably than other parts will. So anyway, I hope I helped. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Enjoy there's the show. A, there's a good, uh, thank you. There's a good fact sheet with Texas A&M on apricots, and I wouldn't be surprised, but what uh, um, maybe Oklahoma State and even Colorado State would have some things for you. So that'd be a good good hunting ground. So thanks for the call All very right. much. Let me, uh, we will come back and go to Jennifer in College Station. So Jennifer, stay with me, please. Let me tell you once again about my book. I really want to tell you, you need to get this ordered, folks, if you want to get it as a Christmas gift, because I have seen what the post office is telling us about deliveries, and we're going to have to uh, uh, curtail the, the Christmas offer about 10 days earlier than we ever have before just because of what they're telling us about being able to deliver on time for uh, for books of this uh, for parcels of this sort 
This is my uh, this is my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I self-published it so I could have exactly the book I've always wanted. Now, I have it on sale for you for the second and third books. You buy the first one at regular price at $36.95 plus tax and postage. And the second and third books shipped to the same address are only $31.95 each, a $5 savings per book. So that's a really good deal for you to give as a gift. You can buy it and and give it as a Christmas gift, or if you want to get it for a birthday gift for the future or a housewarming or something of that sort, I am signing a lot of books to ship in, in two and three uh, book boxes. They all are, I'm signing them in my garage, putting them right in the boxes and taking them to the post office. This is a very, very busy time of the year. Took 450 books to the post office just a few days ago and then 400 the next day. Thank you for that. Thank you for your confidence in this. Uh, we've sold 70, uh, 72,000 books to this point and not one request for a refund out of all of those. But I guarantee your satisfaction or I will refund every penny. This book covers every aspect of outdoor gardening for every county in Texas and even southern Oklahoma. It covers everything from fruit and vegetable gardening to flowers to lawns and landscaping in its 11 chapters. Chapter 2 is a calendar, 48-page calendar, not one you hang on the wall, obviously, but it's four pages per month telling you what needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and sprayed in that month. So you'll never wonder, when should I do this or that? It's all told to you in, in print right there. I sign every copy as it sells. And I'll be signing books tomorrow night and all day Monday. So here is your chance. First book, thirty-six ninety-five. If you bought this in stores, if it were in stores, it's not. But if it were in stores, it'd be fifty-five or sixty dollars. But it's only thirty-six ninety-five. Second and third books, thirty-one ninety-five. If they're shipped to the same address at the same time. Here is how you order it: not on, not in stores, and not on Amazon. You order it from my office, either from my website, which is the better way at neilsperry.com, or you can call the office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is order it right now at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Indeed, I could use another call or two. We have Jennifer, and uh, not to uh, belittle her presence, I'm grateful for her call. Uh, We probably have time for one or two more calls beyond her. 888-256-1080. Call now, won't you please? Jennifer, this is Neil. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Yes. um, So This might be kind of a dumb question, but um, I'm looking out at my grass. I've got a St. Augustine lawn, and I've got some different types of trees on it, some live oaks in the front yard and then some other trees, and they're dropping their leaves. Um, do I need to, the lawn is not covered with leaves, but do I, do I need to, like, break all of them up and compost them or just shred them with a mower and leave them in place or do nothing? That's a great question, and, you know, it's asked of me uh, several times each fall and by by very avid gardeners and what they oh, okay. often notice so you're you're right on target what they often notice jennifer is that um when they when they do uh, get the leaves picked up that the grass is bright green beneath the leaves that uh-huh. the leaves protect the grass a bit the problem is that you trap moisture beneath those leaves 
and that brings about the greater chance for disease problems with brown patch, the disease uh-huh. that shows up in the fall. And so you, you do want to pick them up. Um, and the other problem is that if you do get a strong cold wind in the winter and the leaves blow away, then you can have damage that you wouldn't have normally because all of a sudden that tender grass is exposed. Plus, it looks That's better. About. Yeah, it, it looks better, too. Uh, those leaves are a, v- a very valuable source of organic matter and, and nutrients. And so I would what I do with mine is I mulch them back into the lawn most of the year. But in the fall, when there's such a big quantity of them in a hurry, I will uh, definitely um, uh, bag those and use them in the compost pile. Or I'll put them beneath my shrubs or in a perennial bed. Uh, to use as a mulch. There's almost too much of it for about a two-week period, and I don't try to mulch all that back into the lawn at one time. That would be too much. Well, I have little kids that need to get off the screens anyway, so that's a good project for them. (laughs) Boy, good luck on that task. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. There's going to be some grumbling going on there, I can imagine. Thank you. And drama, yes. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for the call. Have a good day. Appreciate it very much. You're welcome. All right, and uh, as I say, that opens up that line. If you would like to call uh, 888-256-1080. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take my last break and get that behind us, and we'll be all set. My website is uh, where you buy my book, uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, for that Christmas gift-giving, if you are so inclined. Hope you will be. It's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. The uh, E and the I come in alphabetic order in my name, that uh, normally don't care how you spell it but it does matter in this case you have to spell it right or you get something else and uh, i don't even know what other stuff is there but uh, it's uh, n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y.com so my book is on the website also another book that i wrote once uh, that publisher went uh, bankrupt about a month later so uh, the 1001 frequently asked questions is on my website I just left it there. I decided, well, I went to the trouble of writing the book, spent a year of my life writing that one, and since it was not going to be in stores, I didn't want to uh, pay to print it. I just decided to put it on the website. It's there at no charge for you, uh, the 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. Also on my website, you can sign up for my eGardens electronic newsletter, and I also have archived information on Rose Rosette Virus which is, uh, re- has really been devastating in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and now it's being uh, uh, reported in other parts of Texas. It's an old disease. It's been around 80 years or, or more, but for some reason it really showed up in DFW, and now it is showing up a lot of other places. So that information is all at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Hope you'll go there and take a look around. I think you'll enjoy it. And also, let me tell you about the fine people at Mueller. Mueller is just a great sponsor. I am so flattered, so honored to be able to tell you about them each week because at Mueller, they believe in value, value of their buildings, value of their service. Their value plus buildings are pre-engineered, and they feature an easy-to-assemble, bolt-together design. 
Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail resistant. They come backed by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But true value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price. It shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. Mueller understands that buying a steel building or a metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision, and Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money, more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. Call them at 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means value. MuellerInc.com. I'll be back with more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Let's talk about some things that you need to do right now toward the tail, tail end, the tip of the tail end of November and heading into December. This is all top-of-the-head stuff, folks. I have no calls. Nobody chose to call right at the end of the program. Figured they'd get bumped off. Well, no, that means two or three things, doesn't it? Um, and so I'll just, uh, just speak off the top of my head. If you have daffodils and grape hyacinths, those need to be planted right away. If you have tulips and Dutch hyacinths, you need to leave those, leave those in the refrigerator until about mid-December. And uh, hopefully you've had them there for a while because they need 45 days at 45 degrees if you expect them to bloom properly in the spring. That's called pre chilling they have to have that to convince themselves that it's cold enough in texas to bloom properly uh, what you don't want to do is go buy tulip bulbs and then plant them right away because it's not cold enough in texas for them to bloom properly to our friend in in uh, amarillo you probably can get by with that but most of my listeners that's not going to work and to my my listener in in corpus christi you might even delay until uh, early january planting um other things that you can do right now, if you want to spruce things up around the front door or out on the patio, you can plant pansies still. They are very winter hardy, the hardiest of all of our winter color annuals. You also would want to plant violas. If you've never planted violas, they are the smaller flowering sisters to, to pansies, and they will outperform pansies. They are fabulous. They will have two and three and four times as many flowers. They are self-cleaning, meaning that when the flowers uh, uh, fade and, and are finished, they just kind of disappear. You don't have anything to clean up, and uh, they're just beautiful. They come in all the, the traditional pansy colors. Now, some of them are very, very tiny little flowers, but there are violas that are half as big as pansies, and you get a better show in the, in the flower garden from the smaller flowering pansies than you do from the big giant ones. Those uh, uh, tend to uh, not flower as heavily. Also, you'll get a better show in the flower garden from pansies and violas that do not have the faces, that just have solid colors. If you want to have them as cut flowers or pressed flowers, and obviously the faces have the personalities. Pinks are the next most winter-hardy annual flowers that we have, probably almost equal to, to pansies. Pinks are single uh, and, and semi-double uh, carnation relatives with that clove aroma. And they're, they're wonderful. So that's, uh, that's uh, another good uh, plant to put into patio pots and into the ground. Now, remember, you lose about 
uh, 20 degrees of winter hardiness when you have things above ground growing uh, in where their roots will freeze. Ornamental cabbage and kale would be also very winter hardy and very showy. So those can all be planted right now. Uh, be very careful if you're thinking about planting a living Christmas tree because this time of year, a lot of plants get brought in that are not necessarily adapted to your part of Texas. You get them set out and then you find that they can't handle the heat of the summertime. Uh, buy from an independent retail garden center if at all possible because the buyers for those stores uh, know the local conditions and they will buy things that are adapted to your city. That's very important. So those are a few things to uh, keep in mind. Uh, if you have mistletoe in your trees, it is not your friend. It has a romantic uh, uh, reputation, but it is a parasite to trees. Prune it out the first year that you see it while the little clumps are still small. Prune them out. If you wait a year or two, it gets quite large, and you end up having to having to remove branches as opposed to little twigs. You remove the entire twig to get it out. You don't, uh, you don't just nip off the mistletoe itself. That's our start. Hope you have a great conclusion to your Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks for listening to Jared Taylor. Thank you much for a great job. Until next week, happy gardening.